Welcome to Talking New Energy, a podcast from Delta EE, the new energy experts. We'll be talking about how the energy transition is developing across Europe, with guests who are working at the leading edge of this transition. Hello, and welcome to the episode. Today, I'm speaking with Laurence Schmidt. Uh, some listeners may have come across Laurent from his previous career, where he was head of the, an organization called ENSOE, the European Transmission System Companies across, uh, across all of the EU. He worked for GE and Austin in the world of smart grids and more, but now has uh, joined a new company that many of you might not have heard of called um, Decibel, or uh, Lauren will tell me if I pronounce that right, D-C-B-E-L is how you spell it. So I'm talking with Laura today a bit about his reflections on his time in the traditional part of the energy sector, and now with a prosumer company, Decibel, which is looking at vehicle-to-grid and more, so very much part of the the new energy part of the the energy transition. Hello, Laura. Welcome. Hello, John. Thank you for inviting me tonight. Thanks for joining. First of all, uh, Decibel, is that the right pronunciation? It is the right pronunciation. Okay, uh, and spelled D-C-B-E-L. Um, now, let's start by uh, talking a bit about Decibel before looking back at your perspectives from your previous positions. So for our listeners who don't know Decibel, in a nutshell, what do you do? So we are uh, producing uh, home energy management and home energy station, as what we call, and this is basically a new device uh, which we want to promote and sell to consumer. Uh, we want to control them to control their home energy and particularly their charging of their EV and uh, use of uh, local uh, solar PV, but as well as uh, managing interaction uh, with the energy system either through uh, retail tariff or uh, basically flexibility which they want to sell to the grid. So uh, it's a company which is headquartered in Montreal. Uh, it has uh, numerous global patents into the field of energy management for electronics. And we have just launched uh, the activity of Decibel in Europe uh, last um, month, uh, targeting first uh, on the UK markets uh, because of the interests of the UK market when it comes to vehicle to grid in particular. Okay. And how long has Decibel been going? Uh, it has been funded in 2015, so that's uh, quite a long time. It has been, for the last five years, mostly an R&D entity, uh, mm-hmm. basically developing and uh, getting the product certify, certified, and we are now into the more the market launch phase. Okay. And you're heading up their operations in Europe. You mentioned they're based in Montreal in Canada. So what... What's the focus of Decibel between North America, Europe, other regions? Have you already got going in North America and now in Europe, or is Europe the launch pad? So we we launched both in parallel uh, in uh, US, California, uh, in particular, given the the pressure on fire, uh, grid outages, and and so Mm -hmm. on, Mm -hmm. Uh, as well as in Europe, given the pressure of uh, introducing basically large quantity of EVs and uh, basically uh, making use of the uh, new uh, self-consumption smart export tariff regime of uh, um, photovoltaics 
and the uh, hardware is, is the same, but the use case is uh, slightly different. In the US, we are more on outages and being able to be resilient in case of a grid outages. In Europe, we are more into the economics of charging and introduction of renewable into the charging of a car. So in the thinking of the use cases in the US, California, even Texas, I guess, last winter, yeah. if you've got an electric vehicle, you might have a 70, 80, 90 kilowatt hour battery. And that could be days worth of power. So is that the use case or is that one of the use cases in the US where you can effectively power your home from your car in the case of a long sustained grid outage? Yes, it is definitely the main use cases. And you are right. Uh, basically, uh, 60 kilowatt hours uh, of a battery uh, can uh, typically feed a house at least for two, three days. Mm. And the, um, we, we are really uh, trying to get around the uh, vehicle to home uh, use case as what we hear and trying to avoid the homes to stay uh, equipped with uh, EVs and PV to stay without power uh, during, uh, during uh, grid uh, outages. So basically making use of the electricity store in the car uh, to, to feed into the home uh, during the, uh, the outage of the system. Okay, let's come back to Jespel shortly, Laurent. Um, I mentioned at the beginning your background working for at the transmission level with uh, leading NSOE with GE and Austin. Um Can you tell me a bit about if you wind back the clock before you made the move to Decibel, um, your perspective from these uh, established companies or organizations and the momentum you now see in the energy transition and what, you, what you've taken away from that or when you reflect back your your learnings or insights from that experience, those experiences? Yeah, it's, it's actually an interesting question. Is I, I've been for my last 25 years of professional experience uh, trying to get uh, breakthrough into the uh, so-called smart grid space. And this was uh, already when I was in Alstom GE, uh, where I learned a lot about how grids and a large energy system get, uh, get managed and optimized. And uh, then I moved into NSOE, where I did work a lot into uh, regulation, and especially the context of the clean energy package, the Green Deal, and the Fit for 55, where it was about designing a regulatory framework which would incentivize uh, a participation of consumer into energy markets. And it, it came quite obvious that uh, the, the missing building block of this entire jigsaw is, is really the prosumer and the uh, uh, connectivity be between the particularly the residential side of the consumer and the energy system. And here, what is really new is the fact that you have the fast introduction of EV, uh, the PV becoming, uh, eco uh, I would say, coming at grid parity uh, very quickly, especially in the current uh, electricity prices. And, and the need to basically have uh, disrupt, disruptive technology uh, towards consumer to be able to interact uh, with the energy system. And that's how I uh, come to know Decibel. They, they were working over five years uh, onto that specific uh, uh, challenge. And, and I'm very convinced it's, it's, going to, it's going to ease uh, some of the needed transformation when it comes to this uh, consumer side. So... You're on. I don't think I was going to say you're on both sides of the fence, but I think that's the wrong analogy because I don't think it is a fence. I think everyone's on the same side. Uh, but from the perspective of 
working with with the transmission system operators um, from the working with the the big distribution system operators how ready are they or not for what was what's coming you know the millions of evs able to smart charge charge smartly maybe export to the grid um the batteries in people's homes um now i know they're not going to be ready overnight but are they are they ready for what's coming or the speed of which you see what's coming on the consumer side yeah the, the key word is really the um speed and exponential growth in, uh, in in the last few months what we observe as, as, as a result of covid and as an example the amount of evs getting introduced in in europe uh, now mm-hmm. and uh, what we it uh, the, the grids are are probably the the most sophisticated engineered system uh, in, in existing on earth and and they, these are obviously very complex system to transform and and it's it's a significant challenge uh, which which has to happen and while everyone understand now at, at the high level the concept and the benefit the challenge is to operationalize the um, uh, this transformation and as what you were saying is knowing the two sides of the coin is is i hope will be able to with decibel to also bring data and and bring a new approach in integrating into the system into control rooms of grid operator in making uh, these uh, distributed energy uh, resources observable, uh, mm. if I may say so, by the grid operators, so that they look like as reliable resources as basically conventional generation asset or large-scale batteries and so on. So in the control rooms that you talk about, there will be uh, direct communications to the 30, 40, 50 big power plants um, in the country. There'll be um, maybe even dedicated telecoms lines to some of these assets. That's a world away from millions of assets in consumers' homes. Um, I think, as you said, you use the word exponential growth in electric vehicles, which is what we're going to see. So does that worry you from that speed of growth and can things go fast enough or what's the biggest challenges you see or what worries you most about the ability for TSOs, DSOs, the electricity system, that complex machine to go fast enough over the next years? Yeah, so so first of all, I think the economics uh, are there and the uh, uh, incentives as well from the governments to uh, move uh, basically on one side with PV on residential PV on the other with uh, electrical vehicle and basically bring uh, an, er- an energy efficiency layer uh, on the top of it in a way and integrate it uh, all these together. The complexity uh, which is still existing is basically bringing these very distributed residential flexibility uh, back into the control room environment and, and basically making uh, a grid operator uh, as confident uh, with this type of resources as what they can be with, as what you were saying, basically tens or thousands of larger assets which they have been uh, controlling in the past. So the challenge is is really first to make sure uh, all this equipment can be installed today, uh, vehicle to home. Uh, PV is actually, uh, we think, a very interesting technology to hedge against the electricity prices. Uh, We think it can save up to £1,500 per year right now with the current uh, electricity and and oil prices 
for consumer. And so that is going to trigger away uh, basically a consumer-driven uh, transformation. Uh, the question and the challenge is to, to connect uh, the two sides uh, of this yeah. transformation. So it will come, no doubt. The, the question is to connect it right so that we don't overinvest uh, on the grids or we don't slow down this uh, introduction because of the grid delays. Well, let's come to the consumer side, but I've got one more question first before the consumer side, which is what you've bought to what you think you bring to Decibel from your experience. I'll use the two sides of the coin. It's much better than two sides of the fence. Uh, what are you now bringing to Decibel or encouraging at Decibel to ease that connection between these millions of assets and the control rooms that you described earlier? So, so what uh, I'm trying to, to bring is, is really the fact that Decibel itself is, is, is an extremely sophisticated, uh, embedded uh, hardware and software component, and it can basically very flexibly interact with the rest of the system. And what I'm trying to bring is to simplify this interaction through uh, uh, interfaces, uh, which are able to offer various type of flexibility services, which the grid uh, the grids are used to uh, to use whether for frequency control congestion management and and few other grid management processes so what i really bring uh, uh, down to decibel is the understanding of what the grid needs in terms of various type of uh, of flexibility and what are the sensors what are the measurements which are required to be uh, transferred back to the system so that there is this observability and the level of trust created uh, down to these residential uh, consumers. Yeah, okay, interesting. I hear that trust quite a lot talking with network companies and system operators. Can we trust these assets or can, what proportion of these assets can we trust? Um, and that will take time, I think, to build up that, but we're on that journey. Yes. Um, so coming to the consumer side, um, are you, yeah, are you enjoying being in a consumer business? Because in many ways, that's what, what you're in, I guess. You've got a, a proposition for customers um, and you've got to market that, find out ways to make it attractive, work out how to price it, the business models around it. Very different. Yeah, very, very different. And uh, also learning uh, new ways of approaching uh, the consumer. And uh, we, we have uh, in uh, Decibel, experts and expertise into uh, addressing more B2C channel, as, as mm -hmm. what we call. And uh, as an example, our uh, UK country lead, uh, uh, Mark Harrison, is directly uh, recruited with, uh, with a very strong B2C uh, background. So here, what we really want is to ease uh, the, um, uh, the usage and, and facilitate the control of, of energy to consumer. We want to access through a web, web marketing, web platform. And we want to uh, basically be, be able to deploy as easily as what uh, gets deployed uh, in the communication space, such as uh, optical fiber or into homes and, uh, and this kind of environment. We are also uh, looking at a new business model in terms of um, uh, subscribing uh, into our uh, uh, appliance uh, in a way which is proportional to, uh, to the savings uh, and the gain which consumer can do. 
In the same time, what we also want is to uh, really uh, simplify this interface, this consumer interface. So what consumers are interested in, what we heard is on one side, their bills, understanding better the tariff, the bills, transparency, being able to compare from uh, one retailer or one aggregator to an another, understanding the constraints with which it represents in terms of charging, as an example as well as basically making an effort to the climate change uh, and, and basically reducing the carbon footprint. So here the question is how to provide indication to consumer so that they can have basically an appreciation of the efforts which they are making into uh, decarbonizing their lifestyle, if, if I would call it that way. And is it, uh, I would say, a, a tons of CO2 save per year? or uh, But definitely people want to make the link between what they see uh, appearing in, in the field of uh, climate change and, and what they can do themselves at the level of their home, transportation, and so on. So that's really this bridge which we want to, uh, to gap. And that, how, is, that your, is that your hypothesis, Laurent, or is that what you've learned from the web marketing, or is that what you're starting to learn as you engage with customers here in Europe? No, we, we do. We have done uh, quite intense uh, web marketing uh, tests uh, through various uh, profile of consumer. And what really gets out as the uh, straightforward uh, value proposition is, uh, first of all, when I have an EV, uh, for mm -hmm. those who have gone into this journey, how can I make sure that I can charge efficiently with, with renewable on yeah. one side and, and also how can, uh, what is my best way of charging? And uh, when I'm in my home, obviously the, um, uh, the uh, connectivity with PV, as well as the, uh, with dynamic prices, which indirectly reflect uh, renewable into the grid is, is a very interesting uh, interaction to, uh, to consider from that perspective. Okay, and how, what about vehicle to grid? How does that concept land with customers? What have you learned about the, understanding or attitudes or enthusiasm for, for vehicle to grid? So what, uh, and here uh, to the credit of all the uh, good work uh, which has been done in the UK on vehicle to grid innovation, mm -hmm. I, I think it's, it's, uh, it's a country which has done the, the broadest uh, innovation and surveys uh, to a consumer on that specific topic. So, so here we read more from experience ongoing in the UK, but what we read from this experience is clearly that People are interested in helping, stabilizing, supporting the grid uh, on one side. And on the other side is the people who have tried uh, vehicle to grid uh, with the, their existing car. And, and for the moment, they are mostly Nissan Leafs, are very happy uh, of, uh, of the minimal impact, I would say. Uh, this has onto their uh, way of charging and so on. So, and, and it's all even further. I mean, it's uh, these people say that they would like to select a, a V2G ready car in the future. So yeah. we see that V2G is compelling not only from the benefit it can bring to the uh, power system in reducing the uh, reinforcement needs or uh, reducing the cost of uh, auxiliary services, but also it is very simple to accept from an end user point of view because it has a rather minimal impact on its way of using its, uh, its uh, her or his EV. So, so it's really a, a good win-win situation, I would say, which is very different from the traditional demand response, which we have heard for years and yeah. years, which has too much impact, I would say, on the lifestyle of, of the people. And your proposition, just for our listeners to be clear, is it 
a V to G proposition. So does it only work if you have a V to G enabled car or is it a proposition that's available for anyone with an electric vehicle and PV? So it it's a very good question. First of all, we are a, a home energy charger which can fit any EV and uh, V2G ready or not. Yeah. And the starting of the value proposition is really to minimize the cost, optimize renewable into, into charging. And that is done in a single directional uh, uh, charging as what we have on, uh, on CCS uh, uh, typically. And then in the meantime, with the same hardware, we are able to enable um, uh, V2G, V2OM for cars, which are launched with this uh, capability. And um, what is uh, quite interesting is, uh, is because we have this over-the-air upgrade capability of what uh, we learned from, from Tesla in the car uh, historically, yeah. uh, we are able to uh, get the same hardware, li live through the phases of upgrades. And so if you are at some stage changing your car or if OEM starts to enable V2G onto existing EVs, which we think will happen mm -hmm. at some stage, uh, then you can still keep your uh, your decibel into your home and basically just change your cable potentially uh, from CHAdeMO to CCS and then continue your uh, V2G uh, journey with, 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 your, with uh, your car. Okay, so you can take the cus your customers on a journey as that journey develops and the cars yeah, and absolutely. the technology does. Absolutely right. Uh, so what might a proposition look like for for me if, well, I've just bought a charger, I'm afraid, uh, Laura, so it, won't be, it, it wasn't, uh, won't be a decibel one, at least for a while. But what might a proposition for me look like? How might you package that up? You mentioned subscription models or shared savings models. Um, yes. Give, yeah, give us some ideas of what you're thinking or the direction you might move in. So the, the first uh, step is to, uh, to sell uh, our product as hardware and basically yeah. simply as an alternate to, uh, to a PV uh, inverter. Uh, very simply saying, uh, we see uh, with the um, growing interest of uh, PV, the new smart export tariffs and so on, uh, much more appetite for uh, smart integration of PV with charging. And here we simply offer our decibel as the alternate to uh, the inverter and which has the capability to charge a car, an EV, uh, if you already have it, or in the future, once you acquire an EV. So that, that yeah. does not mean... Uh, we are also investigating other uh, value proposition, which are basically to bundle it with the new EV cell, where basically you want to uh, you have a new EV, you want to be ready for the future with uh, V2 Home, V2, eight, uh, V2 Vehicle to Grid, and you start with the uh, a more simple version of Decibel, uh, you, you started with, with a simple V2G and maybe through the journey you want to add PV and, uh, and, and further decarbonize your lifestyle, in which case you'll be able to subscribe to a new option and basically grow your, uh, the energy management, which you, you will do uh, progressively through the same AI, uh, which is embedded into your uh, decibel hardware. Okay, so the car is the entry point um, or the... EV charger is the entry point. You can use that same inverter for the PV panels. So you can just simply get the PV panels on your roof and the plug those into the inverter in the in the decibel product. Yeah. And over time, it might be additional hardware. It might be over the air software upgrades would enable you to do more and more with that product. 
in terms Absolutely of right. linking the PV, the car, vehicle to home, vehicle to grid maybe as well. And in the midterm, we also hope to connect uh, with flexibility aggregator as, as mm -hmm. another example of a new service to be brought. And uh, basically, we see the environment of Decibel evolving through a kind of a marketplace for, for consumer where they would be able to opt in, for instance, for supplying uh, flexibility into uh, balancing markets in national grid or a frequency uh, control mechanism or even congestion management with DSOs. Mm as basically complementary uh, revenue stream, uh, which they would have on the top of the existing uh, maybe PV, uh, PV self-consumption and uh, optimization, minimization of cost of charging, as an example. But doing that so, in the background while making it simple for customers, I guess. Absolutely right. Yeah. Absolutely right. Yeah. Um, so the end point, well, I think the journey is exciting, but the end point I can see uh, your, you could offer resilience, in the way you described in North America, through the battery of the EV, vehicle to grid, one common inverter for uh, vehicle to grid for the PV panels, even for a battery, stationary battery perhaps as well. Absolutely right. Uh, bundling that into a simple proposition for customers uh, that enables them, as you were saying earlier, to better understand where their energy is coming from, that they're doing their bit for climate change with a really clear understanding of their bill. Um, What's going to be the hardest? So that's a long-term goal. What's the hardest part of your journey to that? Do you think, or many parts will be hard, or uh, what do you what do you worry about most, or think you need to focus on most? Uh, yeah. So I think the uh, uh, right now the um, we we are in an environment which is uh, uh, basically pushing into uh, that uh, direction because of the higher electricity prices and so on. Mm -hmm. What we see still, it, it, it is a rather sophisticated uh, value proposition for consumers. So the simplification and easiness, easiness of uh, implementation is very important. Having basically uh, certified installers uh, uh, with whom uh, we can guarantee a good quality of service uh, to, uh, to, to roll out uh, the product is very important. Uh, basically, the, uh, what we see as well is the um, uh, being able to uh, hook the product into uh, revenue streams, mm. uh, which uh, help to amortize basically the hardware investments, uh, particularly related to grid flexibility, is also a very important uh, element. That's what I was saying. On one side, we many of us understand conceptually the interest of doing this uh, uh, flexibility trading. The reality mm. when you go down to the implementation is the there are not uh, almost none a market which so far have gone into implementing yeah. uh, flexibility control down to residential from really wholesale high voltage down to residential. So there are really gaps uh, as well to be uh, to be filled from that point of view. The last one is also to work on uh, with EV uh, vendors because on one side we see that apart from Tesla, there is quite a broad consensus that. Uh, uh, B2G and B2Home is the future and needs to be enabled. Uh, having said that, uh, what we see is there is still a gap in terms of defining the right level of communication between the car and the uh, charger. And, uh, and, and, and that means that uh, we have to uh, deepen our collaboration, which we are currently doing with many of them, uh, particularly into the uh, Californian situation. So mm. what we see, us, the advantage of us being both in US and uh, in Europe is that 
we kind of take uh, advantage of, of the two market dynamics. And when it comes to enabling V2G, V2H with OEM, uh, definitely California is, is uh, pressurizing uh, a lot the, uh, the EV uh, OEMs in enabling that capability because of the resiliency uh, needs uh, which we found there. And I guess California has got a, a history and a track record of leading uh, the standards for, for the automotive industry to some degree, which helps. Um, last question, Laura, is about the, the route to market. So you've talked a bit about working with EV vendors, for example. You've talked about having a network of installers. Where I've seen lots of companies in the energy sector struggle, well, some, some of had an interesting product and thought, great, we'll partner with an energy retailer and they'll take it to customers. But without wishing to do down energy retailers, a lot of the time there, people have realized, mm, actually, energy retailers are still learning how to sell these products and services to customers. So what's your thinking about how you sell this? Do you need to develop your own consumer brand? Are there channels you can insert yourselves into? Will it be a bit of everything? Will you learn and see? Yes. So we are very clear on what we would like to do is we want to be a consumer brand. We want to sell to consumer. We want to have our mostly through digital platform. Mm -hmm. And we want really to uh, offer simplicity, transparency uh, to end user when it comes to everything about uh, electricity. And that means also about tariff, about what best use them in terms of whether dynamic, flat, or what type of services. And here, we really want to enable this uh, for any retailer, for any flexibility aggregator. In, uh, isn't that quite expensive to grow a consumer brand? Or do you think you can use web marketing and the, uh, the new way of consumer brand development to do that in a in a more cost-effective way. Yeah, so that's that's definitely. We know that it is an upfront battle. We know that it can be expensive. We we that's why we have recruited experts coming from the B two C side, yeah. and we we think that uh, basically uh, the web and digital channel are a proper way. We are not going to do everything by our own. As an example, I was mentioning the installation, integration, and so on. We are going to rely uh, mostly on to. Uh, electrician uh, solar PV installer uh, to install mm. our devices. What we want is to be to, to make sure that we really uh, master the uh, our customer journey and we are able to offer uh, our uh, customer basically a, a, a portfolio of options and uh, including guide them through the best choice of uh, electricity tariffs uh, as an example. Okay. Well, time, as always, is getting the better of us, Laura. So let's uh, bring out the Talking New Energy crystal ball now. And I'm going to set the dial this week to 2030. And my question for you is, by 2030, what role do you think Decibel will be playing in Europe? And I'll leave you to answer that how you want. If you can add some numbers or give some idea of magnitude, that would be great. But I'll leave that open for you to, to answer how you want. Yeah, so the crystal ball. So where do we want to be in 2030? So first, we want to have millions of decibel installed, uh, basically, in, in US and in Europe uh, at that time. Uh, so basically, we want to be a key player into uh, facilitating the decentralization of the uh, energy economy. So basically, uh, through the uh, direct access to consumer, uh, a, a rollout through the uh, 
uh, fast development of the EV, um, EV market. Uh, together with the PV, we think uh, we can reach that uh, million scale within uh, 2030. Yeah. And, and from that point of view, we really want to enable uh, uh, new flexibility services uh, together with aggregator and, uh, and retailers in order to make sure that Decibel as, as a device and a product also serves uh, the rest of the system in terms of uh, managing uh, critical peaks and, and so on. Uh, what, what is very important from that point of view is because we sell to customer, we represent customer from that point of view, we want to make sure there is a, a correct sharing of uh, revenue and, mm. and benefit between uh, all the actors uh, of the value chain, including the, uh, the consumer. Wow. Uh, of, of course, we, we also want to uh, continue uh, the support to the consumer to further decarbonization, uh, uh, smart eating and, and integration of smart eating with, with smart charging and all that kind of things. Well, that's a great vision. And I, uh, whether it's Decibel, well, it will be many companies, but uh, not just Decibel. But that's the, certainly the vision I have of a more democratized uh, system where customers are very much part of the system. And as importantly, as you, as you said, getting some of the value for those services that they provide. So absolutely. Um, what well, the best of luck for you and everyone at Decibel and other companies like Decibel who are striving to achieve that that vision. Um, and yeah, wishing you luck taking your experiences from um, your roles in the energy industry before to this exciting new part of the energy sector, Laurel. Thank Thanks you, John. Very much. Thanks very much for joining. Um, and thank you to everyone listening. We hope that you found that a useful um, and interesting podcast episode today and look forward to welcoming you back next week. Thanks and goodbye. If you're as passionate about the energy transition as we are, then please keep in touch. You can follow us and me on Twitter, LinkedIn, or subscribe to the podcasts on your chosen podcast platform. If you like the podcast and like sharing, then please do rate us. And to listen to archived episodes, to read transcripts, and to see the latest Delta EE insights, then please visit www.delta-ee.com.